Hey, jibbers and jabbers, it's J-Mac here. This is just for you audio listeners. Thank you very much for listening to us as long as you have. We much appreciate it and we hope you're still enjoying it. But we would love it if you would go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you love what you hear, you'll love what you see. Get over there now, click on subscribe to keep up to date. Thank you. Hi ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jibber Jabber podcast. As always, we've got an, a really interesting conversation coming up today. Uh, it's kind of something new that we've never done before, really. We've never spoke about cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin and all the rest. Um, so today we actually have a really special guest. He is the director of Bitcoin, the documentary. It's called Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it. Something that really kind of blew me away when I seen it. And then this, well, sorry, last year, uh, 2020, kind of still feels like 2020. Uh, <laughs> he released Cryptopia, which you can find on Amazon Prime. And both documentaries kind of just opened my eyes to like the possibilities of to what can be in our future when it comes to currency because for some time now i've known about the federal the federal reserve and <laughs> doing well <laughs> yeah the federal reserve and the the all out the all out kind of scam that it is and how it's kind of crippled everyone into poverty uh, j mac i know that you're not as familiar with with that kind of Mm, absolutely not. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, before I watched these two documentaries, I've never looked into cryptocurrency. It's always been something almost like a bit of a boogeyman in my mind. Like I've just been like, no, nah, I can't I can't deal with that. It, it, it doesn't make sense in my head how money can't really exist. It's just a digital thing. I'm like, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, most money is digital already anyway. So it's not yeah. that different. It's just that there's a, a lot of things different about what can go on in the background so Absolutely. information overload definitely yes. so uh, i'm still still very much a layman but uh this, this, <laughs> well, will great, be, this will be good the great thing is that we have you know an expert on that uh joining us on the show today so us here and you guys at home make sure to put your your comments in the comment section and we can definitely go ahead and ask it just before we bring torsten on i'm going to go ahead and show you uh torsten in action Mark teaches a class on innovation and system building. My name is Mark Ventresca. I'm here uh, at Oxford, the University of Oxford. I'm the faculty. I'm an economic sociologist by training, interested in how large-scale infrastructure changes. He tells me what must align for a new technology to become fruitful. All technologies start out as interesting ideas. Some of them begin to develop into innovations, and we know that that arc from invention to innovation takes a lot of time and takes a lot of work. Case in point, the automobile. In the early days, cars looked like a pretty lousy idea. The imagery here is there are maybe a couple of hundred, three or four hundred companies that try to get into this space. But they're not car companies, they're bicycle manufacturers or steam engine manufacturers. At some point in this, in this account, all that period of ferment settles around a dominant design. And then you have what, again, what innovation economists would call a shakeout. They would say you go from three or four hundred producers all of them vying to shape this emerging space, this emerging thing called the automobile, you may then drop to 20 or 30 manufacturers, and then you may drop to five or six. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Torsten Hoffman. Hi, Torsten, can you hear us all right? 
Good evening. I man, your um, start music, uh, you know, the, the, the little jingle that you have is awesome. I, was, I wanted to hear more about, about <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how G Max creations eh? Uh, oh, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm pretty sure we stole that from a uh, uh, kind of royalty free sound bank, but we're all good. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the show. I mean, I, I pretty much uh, I was told about your documentary, and uh, the first one I watched was the Cryptopia one that was on pr Amazon Prime. And I watched that and I was like, this is amazing. I straight away had text my buddy Cole who had to put us on to you, and I was like, that's incredible. And then I went and checked the Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it. And have you heard the term going down the rabbit hole? Yeah. Um, now, I, I consider myself someone that kind of, I, I jump down the rabbit hole, but I come back. <laughs> I don't I don't allow myself to be consumed. But uh, this for me was a, a fresh new rabbit hole to kind of, I'd already known a bit about that kind of, you know, the Federal Reserve and what that kind of was and and how bankers are, are all for a fist in folk. But I am... Um, <laughs> And for, it was refreshing to see it laid out. And what I really liked about it as well is I can say to my friends, watch this, and they can watch it and go, I get it now, because it's laid out so perfectly in the way yeah. that it does. So, well, sorry? Yeah, um, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll no, I was just going to say, no, I was just going to say, before before we get into that, I just want to kind of give the audience a bit of a, a background on yourself. Um, so, you know, yourself having an MBA in, in finance, um, and it seems you're an author as well. I checked out a lot of your books on uh, Amazon. So you're kind of you've got kind of a colourful background. You don't like to stick in one kind of pigeonhole. You you kind of go with the flow. And yeah, see but what... I mean, look, this is um, it's correct. Uh, and and, and mm -hmm. thank you again for having me uh, here. Um, look, I think all of us are no longer you know tied to one identity or one mm -hmm. one thing that we do or one career. And in fact, I think um, the new people starting jobs now they're expected to have maybe twenty different jobs that you know maybe <laughs> in, in ten different careers, something like that. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm very much one of those um, uh, people. I'm a little bit of a consulting, little bit of a management background, little bit of a finance background. Mm -hmm. And in around 2012, 2013, I was actually working with a lot of um, documentary filmmakers um, mm -hmm. as their um, kind of distributor and sales agent. And it was only a matter of time until I kind of jumped into filmmaking myself. Yeah. And um, I jumped into that rabbit hole, the same rabbit hole you just described mm -hmm. in 2013. In 2014, January is when the production of uh, Bitcoin, the end of money um, mm -hmm. happened. And um, another thing that I will say um, is, you know, everyone, and, and Jay, you will, you will um, uh, maybe li like this or, or um, connect to this, Everyone who hears about Bitcoin the first time thinks, oh, this must be a scam, right? And then yeah. the second time you hear about, ah, it's still around, it must be a scam. You know, who, who's, who's trying to take my money? And then it just takes takes a while, you know, five, five, six, seven times, and you read about it a little bit more and so forth. And like um, mm -hmm. some of us are just a little bit earlier in that kind of learning process or deeper in the rabbit hole than others. And hopefully my my film or films have kind of helped. Um, mm -hmm. There's actually... There's actually a, a clip here that I can actually play, which was about, which describes that perfectly. You know, the innovation of cars, um, and that's taken from uh, Bitcoin. I'll, I'll just play that now for everybody to kind of get a background on that. The benefit of the scaling debate or civil war was Bitcoin was battle tested. Like a lot of companies and a lot of powerful people tried very hard to try to change Bitcoin, and they failed. This thing that Satoshi Nakamoto launched is much more resilient than anyone even hoped.
Yeah, so so the idea of uh, of suppressing Bitcoin, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like I've spoke I've spoken to a lot of friends on Bitcoin and like why it costs so much. And one of my friends had, had mentioned because the bankers are the government. The government and the bankers are pretty much in in the same bed. And by making Bitcoin worth so much by buying it up, then it means that we can't circulate it properly. So it can't do what it was intended to be done. Would you say that that's kind of yeah, no, no, I wouldn't. I, I think no. I think the, the the market just you know like any other open market, there's buyers and sellers, and whoever um, uh, you know wants to buy it at a certain price, it's very very mm -hmm. highly um, liquid. It's still mm -hmm. kind of manipulated because there's a few very large player who can kind of dump or buy a lot of uh, bitcoins. Um, but you know the, the the governments and the bankers are have been very slow to adopt this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. This came from like the crypto anarchist background, libertarians, uh, drug dealers. You know, th those are the early people, and and, and not mm -hmm. the governments. Um, and our government's agency. So there's there's obviously a lot of conspiracy theories, and some of them may be true to some certain extent. But mm -hmm. look, I've I've been looking into that space for seven years now, and um, I think the governments have just generally not taken it seriously for so long, and now it's kind of almost too, almost too too late. And yeah. um, regarding your other point, it's so expensive mm -hmm. now. It is true, but I mean, just today I bought uh, like hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, so it's kind of zero point zero zero one. So it, it mm -hmm. you know the, the price doesn't really stop you from from buying right. right i suppose it's just mm. kind of you, you're not able to buy a full bitcoin well unless you've got a lot of money which yeah. i kind of suppose makes sense huh? so jmac you you yourself you're not uh so i i, I latched on to the documentary and understood a lot of what was kind of coming from it jmac uh i think he he <laughs> represents the old guy in the corner that just wants to smoke his pipe and read the book <laughs> So, so it that, takes him a little bit longer to, <laughs> to kind of. That, that's I, I would say that's almost right. I'm a I, I do feel like the old guy sometimes, especially when when I'm with Kevin. Um, <laughs> but the, the 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 idea of a cryptocurrency, a currency that only exists in the ether, essentially, um, it, it it's just it's never computed in my head. Now, the the one thing that. I can't understand is because it's a new system of currency, a new system of money. How how can it be given a monetary value in the system of currency that we use right now? That might sound like a stupid question, but I think it's probably a question that a lot of people would have. How can you put a price on a cryptocurrency? How does that happen? Yeah, no, that's uh, it's a it's a key question, and 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 to be honest, like this whole. Um, concept of money is still kind of a mystery it's kind of like a like a um what what does um yuval harari say it's kind of like this um community or or illusion on a grand society scale right because it's kind of it's it's trust based and we don't really know what money is how it works but to, to answer your question i mean look anything can have value i mean the, the poster behind you if it had like a arnold schwarzenegger um uh, signature on it right this uh you, you can sell it for uh more than it, it does so, so anything in this world has a value and uh, for bitcoin this uh, currently if you add up all the bitcoins it's worth a trillion dollars right uh, times all the bitcoins that are out there um and there's um, millions and millions of transactions every day so it's, it's being traded similarly to um, uh, big stocks on the stock market, even though, of, co of course, it's completely um, different. And um, I like what you said in the beginning there about um, it's just in the ether. And, and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, if you really dig down into our current financial system, you, you start to realize, well, that's exactly what our euros um, or pounds yeah. are as well. They're just kind of 
printed out of thin air. They actually uh, um, printed in such a way that it is debt, debt on the government or on, a, on us taxpayers, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, most of it, 97%, is just digits in some ledgers um, handled by the banks, by the central banks, and, and so forth. So why not have, in the age of the internet, um, have it all in one giant global database that we all own and, and, and run, and there's nobody in between, nobody um, from high up kind of deciding how much money we're going to print, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the I mean the the way I think about it in my mind is the the gold rush is over, right? The, I mean you still get some gold mining, but not to the extent that it was happening, you know, a hundred two hundred years ago. There's only a certain amount of gold that is in place for the governments to use as currency. There can't be there can't be that much left, considering the how much the value of money has changed over time. The value of gold has changed, hmm. so. so like you said, the money, money now, even the, the current system that we are using, it's it, it is invented. There's no such thing. When you get your your paycheck every month, it is just a digital currency. Just because you can take it out of the bank in paper form. And it used to be, I mean, thanks for mentioning gold, right? It used to be backed by gold, but that, that mm -hmm. like some people still believe that's the case. No, no, no. It's, it's literally, um, it's just endless supply. In fact, um, in the last financial crisis, 10, 12 years ago, they printed, you know, trillions of dollars. And now they're doing the same again with, with Corona mm -hmm. and, and all these other um, programs. And it's, it's literally um, backed uh, by, by nothing. Um, mm -hmm. You said something else there that, um, yeah, anyway, I'll let you. I'll, I'll, I'll just answer your questions. I think that's that's <laughs> better than me going down rabbit holes that you might. No, not that, go. That's, that's all good. Please do. <laughs> money, you, money, obviously was like, and this is something that they don't really teach you in school. Certainly not here in the UK. But when you think of money, you think, well, this money is the money. But it was actually a promissory note, a notice to pay the bearer because it was easier to just give someone the the promissory note that that you could collect. To trade that, they became, you know, you trade those pieces of paper so that if, if that person wanted to, they could go to the bank and take it out. And then I think, what was it? No one ever really went to take it out. So the banks were like, well, wait a minute. If no one's really taking it out, then... And, and I, my friend always said this to me, you know, if like 3% of three percent of our population was to go and ask for the gold, like there would be hangings <laughs> because yeah, it's yeah. not there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and nowadays, so I mean, the, the gold ties is, is no longer um, um, in place, but mm -hmm. even cash, there's not enough cash because 97% is just digits in the number. So if 3% mm -hmm. of people ask for all their bank balances back, no, you can't. And that's mm -hmm. also when you start to realize, hold on, I thought this is my money, right? But now <laughs> you hear stories in the last 10 years, I've been hearing and following this very closely. Like PayPal says, oh, look, if you are a cam girl and you are working in the adult uh, industry, we don't serve you. You can't. You you can't be on PayPal. Um, or if you are um, in Russia and um, the global community decides uh, Russia is bad, um, then you get cut off the Visa and Mastercard system, right? Or if you are um, Wikipedia, uh, sorry, uh, what what's that? WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. Uh, yeah. Thanks, right? They mm -hmm. got banned out of all the financial system because some governments didn't like what they were doing, and there was no court case. So I'm I'm saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying there's no global like 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 court case. They were just shut off. So we see that these banks are actually um, kind of um, in control of our money, right? Like, like in some countries, that's even so bad that if I send from my bank account to a cryptocurrency exchange, the bank notices and says, sorry, we don't support um, cryptocurrency here. Uh, we, we, we don't want your business go somewhere else. Thank you very much. And it's like, um, and that's that's a whole principle of cryptocurrency that we don't rely on any um, third parties anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of mad, doesn't it? It seems that like, 
we're at a stage now and i and i i said to my friend because i've got a friend that kind of believes in buying gold and buying cryptocurrencies and stuff and has for some time and i said to him after watching documentaries i was like we are at a very very exciting time in life like this is a very pivotal moment or at least the next 20 years will be right because this could be the changing of the world as we know it like your documentary says the end of money as we know it, but it could be the, a change of life completely because if people in third world countries have access to cryptocurrency then you know we're going to have a, a fruitful world and it, and it's even to not go down the conspiracy kind of roots obviously there's certain truths uh, to to what goes on in the world but the banks run they run the world based on you know the the money that they control like you said there so <clears throat> to take that power away from the people at the top of the chain i don't see it it's not going to be an easy ride at all <laughs> yeah true we've true. seen historically what happens to people that try to do that true true you know? I, I look uh, i could say so much to it but maybe that maybe the, this empowering um uh, of, of the poor or empowering of the the unbanked so bank the unbanked that's like one of the taglines of this this movement and yeah. there's certain truth to it in, in my current film cryptopia i have this little story that there's a woman um who in Afghanistan is not even allowed to have a bank account. She wants to divorce her husband because her husband is beating her. And because she's a blogger and she's getting paid in Bitcoin, she actually has the financial means to kind of, you know, get separated. So I uh, think of like, a, I don't know, a Nigerian boy who's 14 years old. He can't, can't be banked other than with, with a cryptocurrency because nobody's asking you when you start your wallet. Nobody's asking you where you're from, whether you're in North Korea or in, in, in Nigeria or in uh, London, doesn't doesn't matter. Um, and you're you're so right about like taking on the the, the big uh, big banks and the, the big governments i mean this is going to be tricky but the funny thing is every time a government has tried to ban bitcoin and we just see uh, like last week that happened in in turkey so turkey yeah. a country with high inflation nobody really trusts this, the the government to you know with with the currency uh, mm -hmm. the turkish lira has been a basket case for many many years um they've 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 exchanged the governor of the central bank like five times in the last five years whatever that number is the president goes and uh bans bitcoin what happens is everybody starts to look on google or oh, what's bitcoin where can i get it right and the price actually increases in those countries a gray market uh, um, um, pops up and nobody mm -hmm. can really ban it because eventually it's just you know a, a password right how, how can you prevent someone to have private private keys um so th that's actually um, one of the reasons why bitcoin might actually succeed because it's almost impossible to kind of stop what what happens um if if there does come a time where uh, cryptocurrency does overthrow the entire system of currency that we know at the at the minute and it doesn't have that monetary value anymore and cryptocurrency is just the currency does it does it is it then at that point is it still is it still kind of protected from human corruption yeah good question so so first of all um i don't think that's gonna ha happen or anytime soon uh, maybe if you are in venezuela and stuff like that uh, you you could you could see something like that earlier but look in our world um the, the british pound and the banking system and the paypal and venmo and revolut is is good enough right there's no need for us to use a different kind of currency when you when we buy um a coffee and in that way let's be honest cryptocurrency has failed right it's been around for 12 years but we're, we're still not using it as a day-to-day thing um okay. what 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 the current use case for bitcoin is is, is more like an 
like a digital gold, like an investment asset, right? I mean, you, you've talked about your friends uh, buying Bitcoin, mm -hmm. buying gold because yeah. they, they don't trust. So I think that use case is slowly um, um, uh, taking over. And, and I think that that is going to work. Um, to your question whether, um, is it immune to human uh, manipulation? Look, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty solid. I mean, you, you can ask me uh, about the mining, you can ask me about the energy, you can ask me about um, you know all, all sorts of uh, price manipulation. But I mean, it's been it's been up and running for twelve years. It's it's unhackable. Bitcoin businesses are hackable, um, and and uh, people can lose their keys, and all that kind of stuff can happen. But Bitcoin itself, as a system, is kind of rock solid, and every day it grows and grows and grows. Right, a hundred million people already own it, um, and there's there's no way stopping it. Um, so yeah. That's mad. Um, so, a lot of the time, if I after especially after watching this doc, your documentaries, I'll say to people, "You need to check this out. It's about Bitcoin." And people are always like, "What is Bitcoin?" Because there there really isn't a a rollout of information unless you look into it. You know. So, if you were to describe even to to J Mac, how would you describe what Bitcoin is for people that are watching at home that right now? People will be watching this going, "I don't know what Bitcoin is." So. For a, for a little bit of a background on Bitcoin, obviously I've seen the documentary and this is why everyone at home needs to go home or, or needs to still be at home and then go to YouTube <laughs> and uh, watch Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it. Start there and then head over to Amazon Prime for Cryptopia. Um, yeah. So if you could give them just s s enough to say, right, this is why you should check it out. What, how would you describe Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Yeah, it's funny, huh? We've been uh, 25 minutes on the show. We still haven't explained what it actually is. <laughs> Shall we roll? <laughs> yeah, and, and before I start, let me just say one thing. So so there's a lot of misinformation on the internet about everything, right? About everything, really. Um, but but with, with this um, um, world, it's, it's kind of dangerous to... Um, you know, read untrustable sources because everybody's now having their own coin, like uh, the Kevin coin and Torsten coin, and, and everybody wants your money, right? So be super, super careful. I mean, Bitcoin is a real thing. Ethereum, maybe the, the, we can talk about that later. These are real massive assets with, with, with people behind it. But all these other things, everybody's saying, okay, this is going to be the next Bitcoin. Oh, buying this this thing. Be super, super careful. And none of what we are talking today is investment mm -hmm. advice. So let's let's just be very yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think so, people come here for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, in the early days, you know, uh, who got really rich were the drug dealers uh, who, you know, just wanted to buy um, some some cocaine for four bitcoins, and and whatever's left from that transaction now makes them a millionaire. I mean, it's just, wow. just crazy. So, uh, who knows where people get their investment advice um, from? But yeah, look, um, I, I think the the best way to explain it is really so instead of having money that's issued by government that's kind of backed by you know taxes and military power and like like all of us behind it and this is an internet native um system it's owned and operated by all of us it's being run by hundreds of thousands of computers or tens of thousands of computers all around the world it's one digital database the blockchain um rather than having multiple ledgers and multiple blockchains uh, sorry multiple uh, ledgers and books run by governments and, and banks so it's kind of the uh, it's almost like the logical um, internet currency in many ways. So it can't be stopped. Um, and once I pay you, so so I have a wallet, you have a wallet address. Um, I know your wallet address because you could send it to me. It's like your email address. So it's, it's mm -hmm. public information. But only you have the private key, the, the, like the password, like an email again. Mm -hmm. So I can send something to you and nobody can stop it. Right? It's even better than email because email, there's Google and, and Yahoo and everyone in between. So it's, it's it, once it's in the blockchain, that transaction is unstoppable. Uh, uh, it, no, nobody can stop it. Um, 
And that's what makes it so powerful and also so scary, right? Um, and yeah, I leave it there. And, be and because because of, of that feature and because of the, the fact that it's limited in, in supply, so it only has 21 million Bitcoins that will ever be out there. Um, and at the moment, we are almost at 19 million already. Um, that makes it valuable because people know, oh, okay, every four years there will be less and less available and fresh supply. So people speculate on, oh, it might become more valuable in the future. And then people trade um, uh, Bitcoins and whatever the, the, the today's exchange rate is, um, uh, people buy it. Yeah, I can see that uh, since Bitcoin, there's a, there, are, there are other, and I'm seeing it more and more now, a lot of different cryptocurrencies are popping up. For instance, I don't know if you've heard of one that's called B, it's B-E-E. -E. Um, and you can literally download an app on your phone and you just press the button every day and it will mine B. So that's what, I mean, that's what it's called. Do, do you think that like like the dollar, you've got the, the Great British Pound, there are different currencies. Do you think that, th that in the future what we will have will be Bitcoin, we will have B, Ethereum, that, that we will be trading it in different, you know, yeah. cryptocurrencies? Yeah. It's it's a it's a good question because um, I think it's it's slightly different. So I think different use cases will have different kind of blockchains backing it. So for example, um, Bitcoin will, in my view, um, be the digital gold. Will be like the global um, uh, um, way how we value things. It's going to be like a reserve uh, asset. Governments will start buying it. Mm -hmm. uh, companies have studied Tesla, uh, has put it on the balance sheet now, right? So it is like an, an asset. Uh, but I don't think people will use it as a currency. There might be some other two or three other cryptocurrencies that people will use uh, on, a, on a daily basis, especially for international remittances, right? If your mm -hmm. family um, uh, is back in Bangladesh and you make money here, the, the exchange rates are way too expensive. With cryptocurrency, you can do, just do it for free instantly, right? Um, so, so there are use cases for that. And there's other use cases. For example, um, recently we've seen this whole new trend of NFT or crypto art, right? People are uh, selling digital art um, and, and it's because it's on the blockchain, it's because it's unique, I can prove it's unique, it's valuable, and suddenly people like, like these digital artists are making, making a lot of money because people buy these artworks. And that blockchain might be completely different from Ethereum or, or Bitcoin. So there'll be different use cases. Um, but, but again, I personally don't think the pound or the US dollar will be replaced um, in, in the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, the, the future, isn't it? Um, I've got a couple of good friends that are really mad PC gamers, right? And then these, I can't name them, but this GT something, graphics cards come out and then they get snapped up like that. And the reason I'm told is because the guys that are mining Bitcoin use these to mine Bitcoin. And I'm like, so wait a minute, you're telling me someone use a graphics card to, to, to get Bitcoin? Like, how does that work? How, how can a graphics card get you Bitcoin? I thought you had to buy it. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we get a little bit technical, but I think it, it is it is interesting for for the um, uh -huh. uh, listener. So, when I said earlier that Bitcoin is peer to peer, so uh, the transaction between us nobody can stop, right? This mm -hmm. is true. However, you need like somebody to run this network, and it's the most powerful computing uh, network on the planet. It's like uh, I think a million times more powerful than the most powerful supercomputer that the NSA has or something That's like that. Mad. It's crazy powerful, okay? Because it's it's run by 10,000 different uh, nodes all, all around mm -hmm. the world. Um, and how do you incentivize these people to run these expensive machines and use a lot of electricity? Well, you have to give them new Bitcoin. So that's how right. how Bitcoins are created, 
every 10 minutes right. one block is being formed and and whoever kind of uh, you know happens to be in that um, network happens to find that that block will get the, the reward um right. and this so so two things here so first of all um there used to be a time between 2014 and 2017, maybe, where graphic cards, lots of graphic cards, could get you Bitcoin. But now there's like specialized mining hardware, and you need millions and millions of dollars to, to be able to compete. So kind of that mm -hmm. era of graphic cards being able to, to mine Bitcoin is almost over, at least for, for, for us consumers. And these are huge operations. Like fr friends of mine uh, have like... Um, you know, in, in Iceland, where there's like free energy, you know, they have like whole big um, mining farms just for, for, for mining um, bitcoins. But um, the, the other thing to, to note is, so every four years, that Bitcoin reward halves. So in the, the beginning of Bitcoin, um, those uh, computer computing miners got 50 Bitcoins every 10 minutes. Then 25, 12 and a half, now it's 6.225. And in, in three years' time, another halvening. So these halvenings basically mean that over time, the, um, the supply of new Bitcoins comes down, mm -hmm. which in theory means the value should go up, especially if yeah. adoption increases and, mm -hmm. and popularity increases, right? Which is yeah. exactly the opposite of what we do with our current money, right? Our current money, the supply goes up logarithmically like even like five years ago when i made the last film it looked like this now it's like even triple the money i mean it's yeah. crazy they, they they print trillion out of no, nowhere which means that the value goes down over time right so so that's the idea and that's why people think and there's value behind it but yeah i mean the network has to be powered by electricity and computing power that's that's mm. how it works yeah it's actually quite uh, unfortunate when you think about what's actually happening to our own currency and that no one's held accountable for it like Where's the where's the TV trial for the 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 guys at the top that are essentially making us poorer and work we work harder? Like J Mac, you say this all the time on the show that you know when you were growing up, one pers one adult in the family could support the full family, but now it's just it's not a thing, and that yeah. that is attributed to the bankers. It is literally the bankers. Are you aware of who Frankie Boyle is, Torsten? Yeah. He's a he's a, a comedian here in Scotland, and uh, he, he he done a bit where he was talking about how the media likes to put uh, different ethnicities together and and say here's why your your and your money's inflating and all that, and then he just stops and goes, "It was the fucking banks." <laughs> it's like <laughs> they told you this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I mean, it's it, the the information is out there. It just seems that, all right, fine, it's the banks. And, like, you know, if I was to try and embezzle money in any way or go against what should be done, I'd go to jail. But it seems it's all right if you're at the top, right? There's, there's a saying in, in, in this uh, community that's saying, like, um, if if the big guys, the big banks or big governments uh, print uh, dollars, that's completely fine. It's called quantitative mm -hmm. easing. It's called, you know, central uh, banking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you do it, it's, it's uh, uh, what's it called? Um um uh, forging money money forging and you go to jail so same thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's, it's it's actually it's quite insane isn't it um j mac do you feel so far that you've kind of got a uh, got to grips because i know j mac was finding it hard even because i said to him i was like watch a documentary you'll understand more about bitcoin and what crypt cryptocurrency is and he was like i'm st i'm still not getting it and i think <laughs> So far, have you kind of got a bit more of a, a grasp as to as to what yeah, I mean, is? 
I, I like to think of myself as a relatively intelligent person, but I, th I think it's bec it's because I'm just I've got that old man mindset. It's like there can't be anything else except money. It it can't in my head it can't work. But there's a lot of things that can't work in my head, but clearly do based on a lot of this shit that goes on in the world right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, let, let's do your what? What are your top three questions? Let Let's see whether we can we can we can tackle the the big unknowns. Right. Yeah. I think it, it, one of one of the ones already asked about if it was to if it was to take over completely, then what happens to its value? That that was that was one of them. Um, the do, do you do you think that it might ever have a physical form? If it if if it was to become kind of more widespread, do you think there would be physical Bitcoin? So you, so you you could exchange it with people you know without having to go through a digital system yeah. think it's always going to be like that no there are projects that that kind of make it into what's called like a bearer asset so something that that you can prove okay um the, the private keys inside there and and you can kind of check with your qr code right okay it's, it's actually still in there and, and stuff like that but um i don't think that's the purpose um and and you know to be honest um, so in Cryptopia, um, in the in, in the production, we went into this um, Swiss uh, bunker, you know, the the nuclear grade yeah. bunker, mm -hmm. and it is kind of ironic. I mean, let's be honest, and you, you're onto something there. Let's be honest. Okay, we're talking about the future and the digital currency and all that, but what are these billionaires doing with with, with their Bitcoin? They're storing it off the internet, and, and it's literally uh, like in words, written in words, or in this case, it's it's a server that's not connected to the internet and protect and keep it off the internet. So so it's a little bit ironic, right? But but I mean. Mm -hmm. um, Cybersecurity is such that yeah, anything that's on, on the internet is, is a little bit dangerous. Not the Bitcoin system itself, but like if I stored my private keys or my passwords on my computer, and I, you know, but just by surfing the internet, I kind of have have a risk. So that's why these people go to extreme lengths to kind of secure their their private keys, their their passwords. How in the hell did you get into that bunker? <laughs> I'm not allowed I can't to tell you. you. I'd have to kill you. I <laughs> yeah. gave them Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm telling you, so so it was like uh, four, no, five or six of us, the crew, right, and, and flying the whole crew there, and you know, and, and like stopping our GPS from the, I mean, this and the passport checks and all that. I mean, it's, it, it was ridiculous. And then through the whole process, which took weeks, weeks, and then by the time we're down there and then down the mountain and all that kind of stuff. Um, Finally, he tells me, "Okay, so so here here are the servers," and I'm like, "Yeah, but these servers are blinking. Uh, I thought the 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 real Bitcoin servers, the famous Bitcoin servers, are not connected to the internet. And even I know that when it's blinking, you know, it's connected to the internet." <laughs> and then he says, "Oh yeah, no, sorry, those servers we can't show you. We like no, nobody even here. Oh, the security guards don't even get to go into that room." <laughs> like, no, so we had to kind you know, of write this in the script to make sure. Well, these aren't the actual servers, but but it, it's sitting somewhere down here. You know, not not connected to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I was watching that bit of the doc, it was like this is like something for a James Bond film. You know, I mean, you go deep into a mountain to find these <laughs> servers that are storing a, Billions. a, a Billions. currency that that doesn't doesn't really exist in the eyes of the 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 world yet properly. Um, so, what's going to happen with it? 
what's what is going to happen some somebody's going to have to break in there at some point <laughs> yeah. uh, even if uh, even if they only have one fifth of that private key because the the, the other 80% are stored on four other continents so so and you would have to do that within 10 minutes of each other because it's all kind of interlocked and 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 uh, no I, I think that's highly unlikely um, and look I, I think it's, it's really literally um, and, and he told me so the company um, that that runs this um, uh, like vault system, he told me that we have the largest interest from people in Venezuela and uh, Turkey and Argentina, those kind of countries where people don't have these questions like we do because we we grew up in kind of like a safe uh, currency environment. But like my mm -hmm. forefathers in Germany, the hyperinflation in, I don't know, 1930s, they would have known just like the Argentinians today or the Turkish people today know that, you know, the government is kind of playing with us and and, and, and with, with inflation. So um, mm -hmm. I think I think we are like... Um, a little bit behind in our understanding of what money actually is yeah yeah that, that's that's if you were to speak to the the average person uh like our wives or whatever and say you know do you know what the federal reserve is they're like the what <laughs> do you mean they're probably going to think that is some something for james bond and again I, I think that all goes down to what we're being taught because we're not taught the things that, that we feel that we're being taught in school and then you leave school and then you kind of get into the adult life, you're like, well, if I'd known this, like if I'd learned this from school, that would have been pretty cool. So it's yeah. kind of one of those things where, you know, how much do they want you to know, really? If, uh, if you're going to, hey, watch this hand, watch this hand slap. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that's pretty much what it is. And that, that, when you're in that bunker, did the guy actually say to you that he'd be, he'd be happier to shoot you than to let you into the bunker? <laughs> Because I think yeah, it's we, I mean, we, we had a lot of fun script writing, and, and my, my co-director Michael is just a genius when it comes to those yeah. kind of like uh, funny notes. And there's a lot of inside inside um, jokes in in Cryptopia, especially because that community mm -hmm. is, is very well versed um, technically. And I'm yeah. trying to to uh, get this, but also make it accessible for for normal people. And actually, mm -hmm. that film has just now um, we we scored a few big TV deals, so um, mm -hmm. we will be on Al Jazeera, which is like 250 million TV households in Middle East and and um, uh, North Africa. Wow. Um, largest TV channel in Norway, Israel, um, Croatia, I think already broadcasted us and then really? five or six other countries. So so we are getting the deals out there. So it's not only the digital platforms, but mm -hmm. even like proper TV channels um, are interested in the topic. And and one of the co-founders or co-producers, as it's called um, uh, for, for us, is um, uh, the public German uh, broadcasting system. So That's and they, they took Cryptopia, the 86 minute version and, and narrowed it down to like a TV friendly 50 minute version. They translated yeah. everything in German for me which is a bit weird to wow. hear myself with a different voice in german but, but anyway so so um it is reaching uh, bigger and bigger audiences and and i look this is uh, the film is an investment device i'm not saying look this is the future but it's just a way uh, like you know start asking questions and start questioning what the banks or the governments are doing right i just want to say congratulations on that because that's that's not easy to get your film out there that that it's such a wide you know a wide community that's amazing i mean amazon prime um i know that it's it is a, a platform that can get your work out there but it's not particularly lucrative from what we've heard in the past from other independent filmmakers um so if you can get it beyond amazon prime and into the big networks that's that's amazing so congratulations that's that's mm -hmm. great absolutely i am um, i did think when i watched that bunker scene i was like this must have been a, a task to really you know get that going and i thought to myself you know 
what were your other challenges when you were making this this documentary? Did you get any pushback from anywhere other than obviously the bunker, maybe not letting you straight into the with the actual servers? Because I imagine it wouldn't have been easy trying to make a documentary about Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so the two two challenges come come to mind. Um, so one is, of course, there's so much happening every, every day, right, in this in this space, and you 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 don't want to be in the you don't want to compete against podcasters or or like YouTube channels that can actually cover the day to day activity. So you you want to mm -hmm. kind of feature projects and, and and themes that are important. Like when I talk about unbank, uh, sorry, bank the unbanked, right, or or uh, peer to peer digital cash. I mean, th those are topics that's still going to be around in the next two or three or four mm -hmm. years, right? Um, but still, I mean, honestly, I could have done you know covered maybe a little bit more of these artists that are now making money with uh with uh, crypto art or or nfts as they're called so i think that like change uh, like selecting the right topics is, is was one and the other tricky one was um there's actually a pretty ugly fight or civil war going on within the crypto community and at the time when i made it there was this big discussion so is bitcoin a digital currency is it digital peer-to-peer -peer cash um, because that's how it was originally designed, if, if you're honestly um, uh, reading the original um, uh, documentations. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's become digital gold. So one is you want to spend it and use it as currency, and one is now no, you never want to spend it. You want to keep it in a bunker and, and, and get rich from it, right? So it's completely mm -hmm. two different um, um, competing visions of it, right? And um, now we can see, because every day it's both of these versions of Bitcoin are being traded every day, millions and millions of dollars. And we can say that, that the digital gold case has won out. It's like 99% of the market cap, whereas the, the digital cash side is only 1%. So the market seemed to have decided, well, digital gold is that what, what we're going for. Mm, yeah, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time to kind of be, be in existence. Um, I kind of had spoke to actually J Mac's sister yesterday and was telling her them that, where we're at in life really right so the generation where where we are we are the only generation that will really know what it's like to not have the internet right and beyond that now every other generation going forth has never known what that's like so mm. i think it's, it's very pivotal at this point and we're going to see well hopefully <laughs> we're going to see in the next i say 20 years where like because we're seeing a complete change of the world because of the internet. And if you yeah. look how quick that that's happened, you would I be mean, insane. Uh -huh. You really should be uh, reading The Fourth Turning, that book, you, because you, you you seem to be um, really into these big societal historic changes. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of this this Fourth Turning, the, the book. Um, but actually on that generational bit, um, friend of mine just um, told me that his daughter, I don't know, she's 12 years old, she uh, plays games on Roblox or one of those yeah. I don't know, uh, internet platforms. I, I don't even know what it is. And, and he yeah. basically says, well, look, she's trading digital goods all the time. She's creating them and then selling them or giving them away. So for this generation, it's to to totally normal to have digital scarce items that mm -hmm. have value and um, whereas we, we still like have to construct all these like analogies and metaphors and create movies about it to understand it whereas maybe the, the younger generation for them it's just kind of natural it's just mm -hmm. it's just a digital native um, currency for the internet yeah it's, it's mad we have a we have a, a comment here from our good friend cole mcneely jmac i think this one's for you read it out 
Uh, think about how much we take for granted the seemingly incomprehensible power of the internet that we utilize every day. For example, I, an American, helped facilitate a show between two Scots and a German-Australian-based filmmaker who is currently in London. The idea that these three would then do a live show from three different residential locations would sound like science fiction only a few decades ago. That's that's true. We've come so far in such a short amount of time when it comes to... Um, <laughs> see we all know he's an old man yeah yeah no, that is, that's that. a great it's a, it's a great interesting <laughs> point that, that that cole says to be honest because that's kind of stuff you would see in star trek right when you were a kid you know, totally. People, and, and by the way, in, in a lot of these science fiction shows and, and novels, they had some sort of like internet cash or digibucks or whatever it's called, basically yeah. uh, Bitcoin, right? And 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 Cole is so right. So he's, he's a friend and he's actually helping um, yeah. film with, with, with some of our um, marketing activities. Mm -hmm. um, he just pointed to something actually pretty profound about this, the, like these countries, right, that we are grown up like like we are grown up these kind of ideas of countries but also they are just kind of mental constructs in, in many ways and it doesn't really matter where i am or you are at the moment i could be anywhere and having this this conversation and mm. and and our money though remains shackled to these old institutions and banks and and, and and governments and like this this whole currency conversion thing yeah today i took a walk here uh, and you see, still see those um, currency exchange uh, people right and, and they charge mm -hmm. like 20 percent for if you want to exchange dollar to pound or, or whatever it is i mean it's yeah. just the, the old world still have haven't really caught up with 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 the modern times and, and i think mm -hmm. cryptocurrency and, and blockchain technology is like one of those three four five major major shifts that are that are going going to be um yeah, transformational. Yeah, I mean, think of it as well. Even growing up, I remember the very first time I was able to pay for something using my card online. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this, what is this, this sorcery? So I just put this digit in, and wow, my money's gone, and my item will arrive in thirty-nine days. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amazon, Amazon has us completely spoiled in so many ways, and not always for the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, look, um, I I um, was my first job was kind of in the new economy where everything would be online soon, and you know like the old economy doesn't matter anymore. Everything will move online. And of course, it was twenty years too early, and the the, the whole dot com crash came afterwards. Mm -hmm. But actually, at that time, if you think if you read the the, the coverage. Um, People were saying, "Well, the internet—that's just for dodgy businesses. Um, don't don't ever use your internet, or, uh, your your credit card on the internet because you know it, you get it will get hacked." And and these kind of um, criticisms about new technology, uh, same with the automobile 150 years ago, uh, which is a case study in, in both of my films. Um, we are always skeptical. There's always like the the forces at play that wants to you know keep things as as they are. But but then it, when, when change comes, it comes quickly. And now Amazon is much more powerful than twenty years ago. The utopians uh, would have imagined. Yeah, I actually have a clip here that actually that illustrates that. That is from your documentary. I'll just play that now. I look for colleagues to join with me in introducing a bill to outlaw cryptocurrency purchases by Americans so that we nip this in the bud, in part because not uh, an awful lot of our international power comes from the fact that the dollar is the standard unit of international finance and transactions. And it is the announced purpose of the supporters of cryptocurrency to take that power away from us. Cryptocurrency represents a litmus test for governments. It 
reveals how much your government believes in, uh, in the fundamental freedoms and, and human rights. Because if they don't trust their own citizens to have control over their own money, that says a lot about the government, says very little about cryptocurrency. That asks a big question there, really. Yeah, so, so can I just jump, jump in there, right? Straight. Mm -hmm. So, so um, this was a senator, and, and funnily, I think he actually represents California, um, but also his major donation funders are like the, the financial institution and financial services industry, so he's kind of anti-Bitcoin. But at the same time, the last election, um, someone from Wyoming uh, got into the Senate, and she's like a major, major Bitcoin um, enthusiast. There's um, a big positions now being filled in the Biden administration by people who used to work for Coinbase or like, like big uh, crypto companies. And then, the, then you have like cities within the country competing against each other so most famously Miami is now the, the new thing like everybody wants to leave San Francisco because San Francisco is too expensive and and things are going wrong and, and Miami is attracting a lot of these companies and entrepreneurs and, and innovators and the mayor of, of, of um, the mayor of Miami is basically saying look we're going to pay everyone a Bitcoin that works for the city. Um, uh, we want to make this the crypto capital of the world, you know? And so, so basically within, you always have these, you know, forces pro and against, but, yeah. but to think that actually a government or the America can like ban Bitcoin. No, there's like too many vested interests. There's too many yeah. uh, companies. In fact, Coinbase, uh, the, the IPO just uh, last week, it's a hundred billion dollar company. I mean, you you don't want to uh, throw all the innovation and all the the, the gains that your company that your country gets uh, from that uh, technology. Yeah, I think I think I think what what he what he said illustrated the the American the American um, sentiment or attitude that the, the Americans should have the most power in the world. Um, and to me, I, I don't understand how one of the youngest countries in the world should have the most power. And it's something they, they seem to be very keen to cling on to. And if that means trying to nip it in the bud, then that's that's what they intend to do. Um, I think they're scared. They seem to be scared that some some radical changes coming and um understandably i mean i think if i was sitting in that seat i'd be like oh shit something <laughs> something's coming <laughs> so yeah you can kind of understand their fear um but unfortunately the those people are the the ones that uh their voices are put out there the most by the mainstream media so that's what we all that's what we all end up seeing and thinking um but there is a there is an awakening happening that not everything you see in mainstream media is is the right way of thinking so absolutely absolutely right there is no question in there i'm sorry about that i was just having a <laughs> just having a thought <laughs> which by the way is actually it, it, that's a nice um segue to um so so cryptopia the, the full title is called cryptopia bitcoin blockchains and the future of the internet and the future of the internet is often called web 3.0 and that is exactly about what you just said about media and maybe not not trusting the the amazons the facebooks right and now now even twitter uh, twitter has uh, censored uh, anyone from trump to uh, i mean left right and center right so so can we maybe use this um, uncensorable technology that is powering bitcoin can we use the blockchain um to 
build a better internet, to build maybe social media platforms where you actually are 100% in control of your domain and nobody can censor you and, and nobody can ever delete what was uh, said, right? Because it's kind of kept in the blockchain as a, as a proof of record. And, and those um, projects are now coming online. So we've been talking about them for five years, but now they start to uh, appear. And um, that's why a lot of um, those speculators are kind of thinking, oh, you know, the next Bitcoin, the next Ethereum will be this, 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 this. But um, again, nine out of 10 will fail, but but the one that will succeed will be massively succeeding and, and maybe giving us better media or better e-commerce or better, uh, you know, email or whatever those those use cases may be. Yeah, and in the documentary, there is the the story of the the girl who was trying to basically make a complaint to her college about a sexual assault, and it kept getting censored, kept getting censored. So she put it in the in the blockchain, and now now it's out there. It was the only way she could get out there. That's that's scary shit. The fact that that's the only way that she could actually have her story heard. Right, and, um, but imagine so that that's a Chinese story, right? And imagine being the Chinese Communist Party, who ha, you know who doesn't allow any uh, divergent views. I mean, that is scary for them, very very scary, right? But even China is using blockchain technology. They will ba basically they they are digitizing their uh, currency. They they actually the, the furthest country uh, along with kind of like um, a blockchain based. Um, crypto yuan or, or whatever it, it may be um and, and there, there's tons of mining activity in china there's tons of big um uh, crypto companies in in hong kong and, and shanghai so even there where the, the government has plenty to lose right um <laughs> it, there's tons of activity what what would you say could be the possible kind of negative aspects of it i mean the the, the, the documentary exposes uh it's, it's all the positives really and everything has to have positives and negatives can you see any negatives when it comes to cryptocurrency yeah no thank, thanks for asking this um actually i should i should have a better prepared answer but let me just <laughs> um brainstorm a little look um the, the bitcoiners that i've been following I and mean, they're, they're ultra ultra rich right because they got in early the earlier you get the the richer you are and and they they have a very libertarian bent to them um and basically we, we don't need governments and we don't need anyone um you know uh, we don't need to pay taxes and, and stuff like that so if you think that further right um you're gonna have the same or even a worse situation where you have ultra rich right and the rest uh, it's like completely hopeless. And the idea yeah. that we don't need governments to build roads or to have policing and everything is a free market is, I think, a little bit naive and a little bit dangerous. So that, that'll be one. Um, and look, I, I mean, I'm, I am a free market guy through and through, right? But I mean, it, it is still a little bit troublesome that um, that that, that large amounts of uh, of um, wealth can be transferred um, for illegal purposes as well, right? So, so um, the, the money laundering that now at least gets tracked through the banking system. I mean, the banks get away with murder and we, we kind of accept that and they get fined every once in a while, um, <laughs> but, but at least there's some accountability. Um, but in blockchain land or in Bitcoin land, there's no accountability. So I think, I think that is a little bit tricky um, and there'll be two points, but I'm sure we can think of more if we had more time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's what, what you just said there about, like, we, we just accept the, the fact that the, the banks just shaft everybody and that's just that's the way life is and the fact that they they actually plan for fines in in yeah. their in their budgets they plan for fines that's 
In fact, every time there's a big fine announcement, right? Okay, the biggest fine, $2 billion because they manipulated the foreign exchange market. They manipulated the, the LIBOR market. Every time these fines are announced, the stock market price goes up because finally this, this is out of the system. Okay, the, the fine has been paid. We can go back to making making money. And it's like, in, in terms of a percentage, it's just ridiculous. And, and it's not only that. So, I mean, we already know they, they kind of make, make money for themselves not for us their customers right mm -hmm. we, we accept that but it's even worse because the banks are facilitating the big money launderings the 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 drug traffic traffickers the the, uh, the drug lords uh, and uh, even human trafficking i mean it's all being done in the through the financial system right and now of course some of these illegals are also, also using uh, cryptocurrency no no doubt about it sure mm -hmm. yeah god i had someone saying there uh, a fine is just the cost of doing business um, we have a couple uh, questions here from our, our listeners here. Um, so we have one from Sebastian Kalwicki. Uh, so he says some countries currently trying to issue a cryptocurrency. Will Bitcoin not be a threat to them? Hi, Sebastian. Um, super good question. Uh, but I mean, I have a very strong opinion on this. And, and actually, um, I'm I'm pretty confident that, that I'll, this will prove proven to be right. So do you trust uh, Boris Johnson coin? <laughs> like really right or, or uh, what about oh, chairman, no. chairman Mao or Xi or Putin right I mean uh, the, these are the most powerful people in the world Merkel I don't know maybe maybe you're German uh, Merkel Mark <laughs> or whatever right I mean maybe for a while maybe some people but but I think all these activities even when 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 Facebook kind of tried to launch something all these activities just mean that more people start to take the technology seriously, look look into it, read into it, and Bitcoin is the the, the big 800-pound gorilla. It's been around the longest. Um, nobody can manipulate it. It, it. It's it's unhackable. Nobody can dilute the market cap. It's kind of it, it, it that's it's is the real deal, right? And also these cryptocurrencies um, that are um, issued by central banks or by governments, their purpose is different. Their purpose is to keep a stable kind of, you know, one dollar is one dollar, one digital dollar, one digital pound. Um, so it's not, that's not what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is kind of like a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transactional uh, uh, thing that's also digital gold, but people speculate on, on becoming rich, right? People buy it and they don't want to sell it. So it's a completely different use case. And I would argue it's an on-ramp to Bitcoin. Ah, nice. We have a, a super fan here called Heather Dow. She asks, <laughs> how do you know if a Bitcoin transaction is legitimate? There are so many fake companies out there stealing innocent people's money. True. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, um, even like on my Facebook feed or on, on, on Twitter, yeah, like, um, you see fake accounts that look legitimate because they use the same images and almost the same name but like one little bit is different and then they say okay send me bitcoin here and i'll double your money and like all this kind of stuff. Mm. i mean if it smells scammy it is very very likely a scam especially in cryptocurrency <laughs> so there's there's tons of scammers no doubt about it even yeah. on the on the app market I'm, I'm sure like if you misspell coinbase or like you know blockchain.com you you spell it wrongly you, you end up um, uh, installing some some malware for, for sure um mm. but in itself, for people who, who know about it, for 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 companies that 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 you can you can trust and you have your bitcoins with them, um, there's no way to ever um, fake a bitcoin transaction. You can in real time um, see. Uh, I mean, we, we should have prepared this actually. I, I should have sent you a, a dollar or something, and then we could look at it on the blockchain. And it's nobody can ever reverse it. I mean, that it is a solid system. But uh, the social engineering around it is a bit difficult, especially um, for, for beginners who are like overwhelmed with, with information. Yeah. I have another question here via Discord from the Bobber. It says, what's, uh, what's your opinion 
sorry, I was going to, what, what's your opinion on putting property onto the blockchain in order to stop it being stolen with fraudulent mortgages via banks and council tax, etc.? Yeah. I mean, this is, um, let me, let me um, try to, to explain it to, to the listener who might not be familiar. So if we can put this this token that we call bitcoin on on the blockchain it's it's limited and it has a value why can we tie something why can cannot we tie something else to that token right for example mm-hmm. a piece of digital art let me talked about this a little yeah. um and why can't it be a tesla stock certificate because at the moment if i buy tesla stocks it's it's via my investment bank and a broker and, and a middleman and then three <laughs> other exchanges and they close at four o'clock in the afternoon on friday what the hell uh, you know that's like <laughs> it's so totally old school so why not do it directly and, and these things are already happening i mean i, I can mm-hmm. trade a lot of stocks uh, uh via these uh, crypto platforms and um, so why not do it with your house certificate and and, and or your i don't know I don't know, you know, any any item, right? You, I can tokenize this this cup, um, and people are doing that, and that's that's actually a lot of attention going into this. And um, in a way, the blockchain would be much better than your land registry in your home country, maybe, because in the, the history of over centuries and centuries, like all these land reforms, have have shown that actually, um, uh, you know, the tracking of the of the land is actually not as trivial as, as we we might think. Um, but I'm a little bit skeptical because. What's being traded is kind of like a like a digital receipt to this object, right? You, you, you're not mm-hmm. actually trading this cup or your house. You're 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 trading the proof that you own the certificate of the house. So if something goes wrong and then you you sue someone or, or something like that, will that that transaction actually be enforceable or not? I, I'm I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I think it's it's way more complicated um, um, than 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 people realize, and that's why I'm also not so bullish on all these crypto art NFT pieces because it's actually not trivial to differentiate between the digital receipt of something and the digital art, and then. It's tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually, in response to that, says, but at the moment, everything is like that anyway in Wall Street, etc. It would need to come under common law. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And mm-hmm. and I mean, we here in this chat, uh, the three of us probably agree that we don't we don't trust the Wall Street bankers. But uh, if you uh, do a global survey, I think I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure still... Wall Street banker is Raymond Slang. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure like on a grand average, uh, people would still trust that system more than like some crazy blockchain world, right? So I mean, we are mm-hmm. still early yeah. days, but but look, he's he's completely right. He's completely yeah. right. So there is the potential. And this is kind of how it was kind of laid out to me. The potential for like a completely different future based on just something like Bitcoin could mean that, you know, now this again, people depends on who you are and what you believe. But some people believe that taxes are theft uh, because a lot of people say, you know, it's not my job to make sure someone else is all right. I make sure I'm all right and I do the work and I get, and and that's a whole other kind of thing. But if Bitcoin comes in to to play it, say even 30 years from now, because like you're saying, there's a lot of gray areas and a lot of things that would have to get, people would have to sit down around the table and be like, right, what are we doing with this? You know, <laughs> to, to hash it out. But am I right in saying that it would everything would be optional about what you do with your Bitcoin. So the government couldn't just take your Bitcoin as a tax because I got a national insurance number when I was 16. I went to work and money came out of my account. 
I never, you know, it's not something that I got, you know, would you like to pay tax? Because here's your options if you do, and here's your options if you don't. That was never the mm. question. It was, you're working now, we're taking your money. So, right. That well, I, I have, I have uh, two comments, one positive, one negative on that note. Um, so <laughs> going back to our friend, Sebastian, who wants mm. uh, Boris Johnson coin, right? <laughs> 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 Make, making fun of you, mate. Sorry. Um, but, but, I mean, just, just imagine, right? with a system like this, a government-controlled system, they could just take, take off your taxes, right? Mm. Like out of all wallets, 20% or whatever, right? I mean, mm. nobody would put, put their, their, their life saving, savings into that, that technology, um, which, which can't happen in Bitcoin. So, so that, that, mm. that's um, maybe the, 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 the uh, one note. And then, hold on, I had... I just said something else on. Everything is optional. Um, yeah. I mean, most governments actually still treat Bitcoin transaction as capital gains. So mm -hmm. if I bought at hundred dollars and sold at hundred thousand dollars i have uh ninety nine thousand uh, dollars of profit which i need to pay 25 percent um uh, to, to the government in most countries right um mm -hmm. now you can you know escape taxes you may, maybe you're you're lucky and you're not registered in, in that country maybe in, in your country that's not the case but most governments already treated it just as if you sell art or a house right some people do it illegally or gray market and some people think you can get away with it but but technically speaking the government still like uh, you know uh, hunts you down yeah that's that's what i was talking about earlier on with the the separation between uh a, a, let's say real world currency and cryptocurrency there if there's if if a cryptocurrency has a real world real world currency value is it a cryptocurrency do you know do you know what i mean it, it, it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's all a lot of grey area, um, and like I said, I am so new to this that you you can't believe it. Like watching your documentaries was my first taste of anything to do with cryptocurrency. So um, I'm still very much at the bottom of the ladder of knowledge, um, but I'm yeah. definitely go I'm, I'm going to spend more time looking into it. It's, it's definitely an interesting. I, so, so there's this this um, saying in, in this community that says, "Well, I don't care what the dollar price is because one Bitcoin is still one one Bitcoin, right?" So I only see the the price of the dollar going down. I don't see the value of Bitcoin going up for me. The, I live in that world. I spend all my I earn in Bitcoin and I spend in Bitcoin. Um, but I think you know that that is like a super small proportion of the world. And I, I like I said, I don't think that that this this is coming so far, especially in countries uh, in the West. Uh, plus exactly what you said you still need to eat you still need to pay your rent right so you need to convert into kind of uh, pounds eventually so so that 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 um a bridge is still there yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> it's like if, if a landlord was to say right you owe me 600 pounds i'd be like ah i can send you a, a really secure email if you want <laughs> it's like what <laughs> that's not money <laughs> but it, it, there has to be some kind of radical change for it for it to happen yeah but, but like you said i think what you're saying about it not working in the West or, or kind of more lucrative countries is probably true. But if you can get to the point where somebody living in Uganda or something can trade in Bitcoin using a mobile phone, life could improve a lot for these people. Right. And, and um, this 
14-year-old uh, Ugandan uh, girl, right? She can also lend her ether or, or uh, speculate with derivatives and do like the crazy stuff f uh, financial hedge funds, uh, hedge funds can only do or, or big institution with, with uh, cryptocurrency and, and like smart contracts and all these technology that, that this de decentralized uh, finance system is built, being built on. Um, you can do, anyone can do anything like that, right? Um, it's still early days, but I think we, we are going to see see that world. But um, for, for you and I, for like, we're we are not, you know, financial traders or experts or computer programmers, right? For most people, I think the way to think about it is, because I, I hear you like asking, yeah, is this a thing, is it not a thing? Let, let's just simplify it and maybe maybe just say this. If you are a little bit skeptical of what's going on with our financial system, if you not 100% trust your banks or central bankers or politicians, then Bitcoin may be uh, a hedge, a bet, a fin financial bet um, for, for a different future, right? And um, if you look at the last 10 years, Bitcoin has performed worst in two of these years. So it was the worst asset you can have. And in eight years, it was the best. Right, so eight, eight out of ten, uh, two out of ten, and and it is not for the faint-hearted, but uh, it is not unreasonable, I believe, to to put a little bit of, of your money just as a kind of insurance policy, right? If if you have some some financial assets, and I think that's what more and more people are, are saying, and and even banks are now coming out with analyst reports saying, yeah, this might be digital gold, might be worth your attention. Um, uh, even even uh, you know, in the Wall Street Journal and, and and things like that, you hear more and more of these voices. I've been watching it for seven years, and it, it is becoming a thing for sure that's there's a a thing called coinbase i think you, you had kind of said about that earlier and that's i'm, I'm right in thinking that's the wallet in which you can bring your bitcoin Do, now the bobber again from discord had mentioned that maybe that is where your your taxes would come off somewhere like coinbase because if, if the if the government get a hold of coinbase and it's like well when bitcoin move through coinbase maybe they can shave a bit off do you think there's a possibility in that that coinbase could be the place where that kind of happens yeah um so to explain so coinbase is one of many many um cryptocurrency exchanges basically the, mm -hmm. the place where you go to put your dollars or pounds in and then you get your cryptocurrencies usually bitcoin is the first one but there's a few others um and it's kind of like a Bitcoin bank or like a crypto bank, which is kind of funny because we've been wanting to get rid of banks and now we have these crypto <laughs> banks. But, but I mean, that's that's how you, that's where you get it, right? And then ideally, you would then save your, your Bitcoin yourself, keep your private keys with you and not with Coinbase. But but I mean, your, your question remains, could that be the point of where the government attacks? I mean, technically, maybe yes, but Coinbase is active in 120 countries and, and Revolut or, or Robinhood or Wells Fargo, wherever you have your stock trading accounts, uh, usually the government doesn't like confiscate uh, your money here. If, you, if you're an, an illegal um, uh, money launderer or terrorist, then, then maybe they can freeze accounts and you know, go through the court system and, and, and freeze your account. But, but usually um, it is up to you to de declare your taxes. That's how, in most countries how, how, how it goes, right? Ah, see. Um, so in response to that, uh, the Bobber says Coinbase removes the anonymity, anonymity, um, putting you <laughs> anonymity, <plan>. anonymity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, put, putting you back into the legislation type system. Uh, would you Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I mean, these cryptocurrencies exchanges now are fully regulated. And, and, and what I just explained, so once, once I send money uh, from a credit card or from my bank account to Coinbase, I mean, that's all tracked. All financial transactions are tracked, right? And, and um, that is true. And if, if you're getting caught by with, with some uh, crime, they will come after you. And in fact, um, there have been government cases and FBI cases where um, Bitcoins have been seized and have been kind of um, uh, frozen. Um, for a small proportion of time. And again, if you have like trading gains, you're meant to pay taxes for it, right? But mm -hmm. a lot of people that I talk to and they, they use this digital gold use case, they never trade or buy and sell, right? They just buy and keep it and keep it and sell. Mm -hmm. So they never sell. So there's never really a capital gains tax unless maybe in 10 years time. And then you have to maybe worry about paying taxes. I think... I've, I've, so I've got a message here um, on uh, through Facebook from Laura Graham, who says that um, we'd mentioned earlier on that um, people are not using cryptocurrency for day-to-day -day spending. Uh, then she said the music school, which we use now, accepts crypt cryptocurrency for payment of, for lessons and stuff. So obviously that there are some exceptions to that, but I think on on the grand scale of things, it's still not really in, in kind of wide use for day-to-day -day spending. Would that be right, Torsten? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I mentioned that earlier when I talked about this crypto uh, civil war. Is it cash? Is it, is it gold? And let's be honest, um, we're still not using it. So last twelve years have proven that it's maybe not a currency, or at least not not yet, and not not for us. But there are a few current uh, cryptocurrencies that are kind of focused on that use case. So the the, the currency, the coffee shop um, use case, and they are super cheap, super fast, super convenient. They have apps and all that kind of stuff. So so it's coming mm -hmm. around. And then some companies also accept Bitcoin, the classical Bitcoin, like Tesla and and many other companies. But um in my film cryptopia i have this quote which which is just it's, it's one of the greatest quotes it basically um i bought a cup of coffee for bitcoin in 2013 and now this coffee cup uh, cost me twenty five thousand dollars because you know the price increase <laughs> so if you experience that right then why would you spend your bitcoin maybe use other yeah. currencies that don't appreciate in kind maybe maybe you can use your boris johnson coin for for, for that transaction <laughs> that's some good coffee <laughs> i think uh, the cool thing uh, correct me if i'm wrong the cool thing i think about the the emergence of cryptocurrencies is it will bring everybody back to the drawing board and those conversations will kind of have to happen it's like almost hitting the reset button right so taxation um do we how do we do it do we do it how how does this mold our society going forth does everybody kind of take the conservative route where it's like you work for what you get and if you don't work you don't get kind of thing like how does there's a benefit system in the uk right where our tax money goes to that. So if, if we all just decide, you know, I'm keeping my Bitcoin, I've earned it, I'm not paying anything, does this benefit system exist? How do we look after the, the vulnerable? All these, I think, and I think it will come, maybe come in stages, but all these conversations will have to happen at some yeah. point, you know, and I think that's it's interesting. I, I really like you. You are really like a, like a societal generation kind of thing. I I love that, and and yeah. maybe you're right, but it's so hard for us to even know what what's going to happen in five years. And and again. Yeah. People have been telling me this for the last seven years that Bitcoin will change everything and overthrow governments and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. what what has actually happened is people got a lot got very rich with Bitcoin. They never sell it, and and it becomes like this financial asset, which yeah. is kind of like okay, there's many other assets. There's art, there's real estate, there's stocks, mm -hmm. and now there's Bitcoin, crypto. So so it's kind of it, it's been slotted into the existing system. But but you're right. Mm -hmm. Like fundamentally, the technology has much more disruptive uh, power. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Could, could you could you imagine though that just say that that 
the government says, right, we're getting rid of currency, we're getting rid of the pound, we're getting rid of the dollars, uh, everything's a Bitcoin now, and then you get your first paycheck and it's 0.001 Bitcoin. Yep. You would just look at that and go, ah, oh, I liked a thousand better. <laughs> That's, by the way, a, a very common trick in, in cryptocurrency. So there's about 3,000 different cryptocurrencies being traded on all these exchanges, right? And a, a common trick with scammers or with like not, not so serious um, um, cryptocurrencies is they just say, okay, well, Bitcoin has 21 million coins. Why don't I create Torsten coin? And I say, uh, 21 trillion coins. That means the price of each one will be so small. So it looks cheap. Right, that is like mm -hmm. a psychological um, thing, and even in the stock market, that happens with the stock splits. Right, so when the, when the stock gets too expensive, they split it, and so it looks cheaper again, and people kind of react to it, even though nothing has really changed except the decimal point. Yeah, it's a big chess game, <laughs> and making money, isn't it? It's so obviously you have an MBA in f finance, so you you're qualified to talk about financials financial stuff did like because you were you were you said you were around people that made documentaries what made you was it just basically the the fact that well wait a minute our bankers are acting like something that rhymes with bankers and uh <laughs> and i really want to kind of anchors? expose this a little bit <laughs> anchors yeah um <laughs> and d was that was that your kind of statement that you wanted to kind of make these documentaries you were like right because uh, i totally if, if i was in your shoes that's probably what i would do as well i mean i know a lot about music and movies and stuff and if i wanted mm. to go there are certain ways i know that hey if i'm doing this i'm doing it on that first because i've got a hunger for it was it was that your did you want to kind of be part of the the revolution that is bitcoin yeah and, look it's yeah? very much the rabbit hole story that you described mm -hmm. for yourself uh, for me it was 2013 and mm -hmm. i kind of connected it to something that i studied uh, about alternative currencies a couple of years earlier so for me it kind of clicked relatively quick and i'm like mm -hmm. oh this is so complicated maybe that's a good topic uh, for a film and actually my first film bitcoin the end of money as we know is mostly about money and, and and banking and how it works and how people don't realize how how screwed up the system is mm -hmm. and only a little bit about, um, about bitcoin and it just went very well so a lot of people yeah. watched it we won a few awards it was my first film and it went very yeah. very well and then uh, a couple of years later it was time for a follow-up because the industry has grown a hundred times you know the, the price has grown by a hundred times so it was, it was time for a bigger production the first one was a low budget kind of amateur uh, level but it's informative and the next one is is, is much more theatrical it goes on the big platforms mm -hmm. and tv channels so much more presentable and and a, and a bigger budget as well yeah, yeah i mean it, it it certainly stands out i mean the, the the topic the topic of finance can be it can be somewhat dry and you know it's it's hard it's hard to keep somebody's attention with it but the cryptopia is it's so it's so snappy and it just keeps it keeps grabbing your attention uh just by we're using different cutaways and animations and stuff like that um how how involved were you in that process of i mean i, I know that obviously it's it's your it was your thing uh you you are at the forefront of it but when it came to the animations the cutaways stock footage stuff like that how much how much say did you have in that process yeah, so for this film, um, I was actually the writer, producer, director, and the presenter. So, so kind of like the, the whole way. But, but, but it's 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 um, 
too easy to get a big ego um, because, you know, my name is on it and stuff like that. Because if, if you look at the credits, there's like hundreds of people involved. Like, mm -hmm. I obviously am not an animator, right? I'm obviously not an, a professional narrator or a, a music composer. So there's, there's uh, hundreds of people and especially the, the, the core team, you know, my co-director and then the executive producers, people who funded it on Kickstarter. I mean, this is like a whole big, big, big project that took two years almost to make. Mm -hmm. oh, that, that's insane. Um... It is it's something that when I watched it straight away, I was like, this is this is brilliant. And I said to my, my group of friends, guys, you just need to check this out. And I was surprised when one of my friends was like, mate, I shared this all over social media like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, this is brilliant. And I think that does have that kind of when you watch that because of how it is. And this is to encourage people to go and watch it because of how informative it is about the system we already are in place. And I can probably, I would imagine that the, the percentage of people that don't actually understand how, how the, the currency system works is probably a really large one, especially yeah. when, when you consider that. Eh? I, I'm, um, thanks so much um, uh, for saying that. And thanks to your mate. Um, I, I have to send him a, a beer or something, but um, <laughs> you know, it's actually a good, good lesson in, in filmmaking. And I, mm -hmm. I, now I sound like I have figured it all out. I, I, I kind of stumbled on it by, by luck, mm -hmm. to be honest. But it is really um, a good recipe for independent filmmakers like myself to find one niche and do that niche as good as, as well as you can and find your target audience. And then that audience will uh, tell their friends and it becomes kind of yes. like a viral thing. And I just mm -hmm. saw um, Amazon statistics. I think we, we're getting up to a million minute viewed per day. So, I mean, it is massive and people do That's share crazy. it. Um, and and then, um, you know, I'm making like on my website, you know, like every day a couple of people pay $5 on it. So so I'm not getting rich from it, but but it is, it is a sustainable model. And the TV deals, again, each individual one doesn't really you know you know recoup all my my expenses and, and my, my mm. time but uh, over time hopefully it will um, be and, and uh, bitcoin at the end of money is a good example so it's a five six year old film now mm. um but last year it still got two million views on youtube um when we finally released it on youtube and licensed mm -hmm. it to, uh, to a channel so um th those topics have longevity which is which is nice oh, absolutely what, what was your your difference in uh your expenditures and budgets between the first film and the second yeah, 10x or something like that. Um, wow. It's it's hard because you know most of the time, most of the thing is just my own time, and I don't really calculate that in, in, into the budget. But mm. even production-wise, I mean, there's all 4K cameras, and you know the helicopter shots and the the Swiss bunker scene. I don't even I don't even want to remember how much that was <laughs> to produce. Um, <laughs> but 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 at the same time, I also had proper support the second time. The first time was really just me and some Kickstarter supporters. The second time, I had Screen Australia, so that's a mm. film commission. Yeah. I had the German broadcaster. I had some other, um, you know, investors in it, so it was it was uh, possible to to do a bigger budget. The um, that friend that I told you about that had shared your work previously, um, upon you saying that he he responded saying, as Henry Ford said, if people know how the banking system worked, uh, there would be a revolution in the morning. In no time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Uh, right. I mean, I like. I mean, there's the part where I think I think it was in the first documentary where it breaks down how the bank uses your money to create more money that doesn't exist, and it's it's fascinating. It's like you put ten dollars in the bank, 
they will lend that ten dollars to ten other people. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy, man. The whole on, system. On that, is... on that side, it's crazy, but on the other side, it's also crazy. So let's say um, you want to buy a house for let's make the numbers e- easy for a million dollars, right? You have let's say the salary or the ba- the banking. So you think the bank actually has that million dollars? But it's not true. That bank is being created out of nothing based on your promise to pay back. So. Yeah. So it's wrong to assume that only the governments print money by the trillions, which is true. Also, the private banking system does that. Um, mm-hmm. So, so on that side, like on the on the, they give you money, but then if you give them money, they don't use it once; they use it like th- th- ten times. I mean, it's just crazy, and that's why. I mean, the more I read about it, I couldn't believe it. And 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 there's so much literature, but but I think my film is one of the few that actually breaks it breaks it down. And I think it's, that's why it's still relevant because um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's mostly about money, money and banking and the history of it. It paints a really, a really pretty picture and tells you in black and white almost. Here's what's going on, uh, and I think that's very informative. And that's that's why I said initially that you know we don't we're not taught these kind of things in school. And and it is like it's down to filmmakers like yourself and people that that do get educated in those kind of areas to say you know this is what's going on. I think it was in your documentary, if I'm if I'm right, because after I watched both of yours, I went down the rabbit hole further and watched a few others, right. And uh, I even I went I went on and watched uh, Market and the Messiah as well because I was like <laughs> I just I just was like keep keep feeding me and um, and the it was said that you know back then a long time ago if a if a banker couldn't pay you back and you lost that trust he'd be hung and yep. apparently is that that does that still apply now because I I had spoke to <laughs> someone who said you know that's still in legislation or something you know um. Obviously, I can't imagine they would hang someone, but there is that lack of, you know, pitchfork. You know, wait a minute, what's going on here? And it, it is just the, the, is it the dumbing down of the people? Yeah, I think we're just at a level of acceptance in society now. That we just we just accept the fact that we get shafted left, right, and center, and it's 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 just yeah. the way the way it is. Um, which is which is convenient because you know um, the the system is so complicated that nobody really fully understands how money is created and that my film does an okay job but even really even scratches the, the surface um, and the more complicated it is the more easier it is to kind of fool and, and 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 people which is by the way a common criticism about Bitcoin right Bitcoin is so complicated you need two hundred hours to understand it uh, well do you really understand how your credit card works do you really understand how the British pound works I mean you know it's um, yeah, you have mm-hmm. to invest some time, I guess, uh, to understand. Um, but actually, I, I was going to ask you guys, because you're film experts. So um, if I'm going to do another documentary in the future, um, mm-hmm. how would you, like, do you like that cryptopia style, like kind of um, an investigative journalist kind of trying to figure out things, asking tough questions, but also being a fan of it? Like, it, 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 mm-hmm. does that kind of chemistry work? Or what, what would, you, would you recommend me doing for the next one? Me personally, I'll speak for for myself first. Is I, I'm a big fan of this type of thing. I'm a big fan of long form conversation as opposed to, you know, just quick fire, short snippets. So I think um, a lot of the time, basically because of the time constraints of a document, you you can't sit down to a fifteen hour documentary. It's not possible. Um, but I think maybe a, a series, a series as opposed to a single documentary, could work a lot better because you could have mm-hmm. longer conversations and more information in there. Um, that they could maybe give some more scope and context to the to the the truth bombs that are getting thrown at you. Like it's 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 a, it's a lot of here's some information, here's some information, here's some information. Um, but it'd be good to have more background 
behind each piece of info. And I think with more long-form conversations and over the space of a, maybe a 10-episode miniseries, that, mm-hmm. that, could, that could work. That's, that's, my, that's my thing. Yeah, I would, t- I would totally agree because when I had finished your documentaries, I was still hungry. So I went looking for other people. <laughs> you see, I was still hungry. I still felt like, even though you'd kind of given me everything that, that I needed to really know kind of what was going on, I still uh, wanted more from it. Does that and, make sense? Yeah, no, no, thanks for that. And have you guys seen um, Seaspiracy on Netflix? Yes. <laughs> they should so have called just... that Conspiracy though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy, exactly. Why not? Uh, Where's the I need them? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what? What I notice? What I notice is they they literally they have so much information that I was very impressed, and some of it mm-hmm. nicely like um, animated and things like that. But they just throw an expert at you that says like twelve seconds of okay, this is how it works in the human body. And then she never appears again. And I didn't even have time to read. But but actually, I mean, because they wanted to get all that information in one documentary, and that yeah. sentence was important to the story. So you have to kind of, um, you know, have those trade-offs. And it's, it's impossible to find the right, the, the 100% right balance for everyone, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, um, it's, it would almost be like using a, a, a one-hour or 90-minute documentary as a Kickstarter for a, a series. And... That's or, that's that's another option. Also, um, I forgot what I was going to say. So, Kevin, go. <laughs> you, you could do a series of podcasts, like what we're doing now. But like from you, Im- imagine if you took your next installment, right, of cryptocurrency and the story you want to tell, and you produce it like podcasts, as opposed to. Uh, I mean, uh, podcasting is still kind of early to the point where you don't really get a lot of monetary gain. Now you can on YouTube. You can kind of get your. But if you if you got if it's the message, I think like a, a ten part podcast series. And what what I find is that a lot of times when something's been a podcast, it gets picked up because the story was so great, and bigger production companies and stuff pick that up and make it into something bigger. I know that that's happened. Um, but for me, like if if I if if you told me right now, Kevin, you didn't know this, but I done actual ten episodes of a podcast i'd be like i'd have downloaded it before you finished the sentence you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so i think just as much people are not people people are where we're at now especially now during lockdown people are consuming content continuously right i don't you don't if, if i'm not with my kids or with someone i'll always have headphones on because i'm continuously listening and storytelling at the heart of everything storytelling is what people are attracted to regardless of what it is it's a story a song is a story movies a story your documentary is a story a podcast is a story everything's a story and i think how do we tell it and and for podcasting everybody now is is listening and like you see now you, you can watch it as well so yeah you can play clips i think i think the way that we consume and, and as well i can dedicate an hour to listening while i'm cleaning the house right i might not have that hour right now to sit down and watch something you know and if you're consuming them in blocks of hours i think i think it absorbs a lot easier Sorry, J Mac, you were going to say something, weren't you? <laughs> now, that, that's basically what I was going to say is that the, the format of a podcast has changed so much over the last few years, thanks to people like uh, Joe Rogan. Um, it's, it moved away from just being an, an audio thing you'd listen to on your way to work or whatever, to being, to being your night's entertainment. You know, you can get in, you can get home from work and you will sit down and watch a three-hour show of an interview with one person. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see you on Rogan and within <laughs> yeah, the next no. six months. 
Wow, wow. With, I... with with YouTube views like you're getting, and with the fact yeah. that the the film is has gone to the Al Jazeera and stuff like that, it's mm. not inconceivable. So I don't I'm know. Sure you Cole might, can hook you up. You might you might well be at the start of the the podcast ride. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It would be interesting. So well said. I think I mean I. That's a great way to leave it, and then when I come back with my new film, let's let's pick it up from exactly that point. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Is there anything you can tell us on your next film at all? Yeah, no, it's still early days. I'm still trying to um, uh, develop the, the the story a bit more, getting some funding. I mean, funding is always the tricky bit. I mean, I, you guys know about the, the filmmaking part, but um, mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those um, filmmakers who likes to keep control and likes to then own it, own the rights and the IP, not like get mm-hmm. you know yeah. give it to Netflix and then then I never ever see uh, see it again. So it, it's mm-hmm. harder in the beginning, but um, yeah, hopefully hopefully I'll be back um, with with a new one in a couple Absolutely. two years time, one year's time. Who knows? Yeah, well, we'll need to have you back on as well because yeah. I'll be I'll be waiting to watch that. Um, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Yeah, on the I hope show you had much. Yeah, I hope you had as much fun as we did. This was yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, this thank was a blast, you. man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Torsten, thanks, thanks very much for coming on. It's, it has been a, a blast. There's been a lot of information. Again, uh, the good thing is you can keep listening to this podcast over and over again. I keep mm-hmm. watching it over and over again. Every view counts. So, right. um, and really, by the way, every thumbs up, every like, every IMDb thing, or yeah, yeah. Amazon rating, yeah. everything counts uh, yeah, uh, to exactly. get, get us up the algorithms for your mm-hmm. podcast, but also for my friends. And, and for yourself, yeah, so anybody watching at home should definitely go and check out both of your documentaries. Uh, like we said, we've got a. Uh, Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it, and Cryptopia, which is block blockchains. I think that's small, right? Was it blockchains, Bitcoin, and what was the last? Uh, Bitcoin, blockchains, and the future of the internet. Uh, but if you type in uh, Cryptopia, you will find it straight away. It's, it's the first one that comes up. Uh, it's the, the easiest watch because you don't have to. Th- it is mapped out in front of you. It will make talking about Bitcoin more interesting with your friends because you'll learn something from both of these documentaries so that when you go to your friend and they don't know a thing you'll seem like the smart guy and then they'll go and watch it and you can have a proper conversation about it yeah you can uh, sit back with your pipe and say you know i've just uh, i watched this thing <laughs> i've just learned about bitcoin <laughs> i might be investing soon <laughs> it's definitely uh, so you, you definitely have served a purpose to the the movement that is bitcoin by helping people understand it and who'd have thought that two movie guys that usually laugh and do silly jokes on a podcast would be excited to talk about bitcoin and that that's something that you've you you and your team have done so we can only thank you for that yeah thanks thanks so much for this um a great evening this was fun and um see you absolutely. soon absolutely yep. thanks very much thank Cheers. you the rest of the night, guys bye bye